This is the official Caps Church Podcast, proudly a part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. What's going on, Caps fans? It's me, the Hockey Troll, and I am here with that snack, Polly Cupcakes. Hello. Caps fans, today we've got a pretty good episode for you, as per usual. So, uh, Thursday, we're back to segments, no interviews, um, like last week, or week, weeks in past have been. Uh, so you're subjected to us totally, um, our unbridled rage and everything else that we want to say. Yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> on Mondays, obviously, we, we cover the league and do week in review for the Caps, but uh, every Thursday, we just kind of chill out um, and, and yeah. pontificate. This is going to be real chill. <laughs> yeah. So let's, let's pop some tabs and get it going, huh? Let's do it. One, two, three. All right. Paul, anything uh, before we get into it? So... I'm going to be talking about Ovechkin's comments on the current war between Russia and, and Ukraine. And, Polly, what are you going to be talking about? I'm going to be talking about um, the upcoming Paralympics, Team USA, sled hockey, absolute uh, dominance in the past. And we're going to you know, go over that and talk about what's to come. Good stuff. Yeah. Uh, you know, I guess before we get into the hip check, just for those of you who like to get as much hockey as you can, NCAA hockey conference tournaments will be starting this week. Um, and I believe the women's tournaments already started. So this will be the next couple weeks of conference tournaments, and then we'll get into the NCAA tournament mid to late March. Cool. Awesome. All right. Let's rip off the Band-Aid. Here we go. This is the Hockey Troll Hip Check. Geopolitics and hockey, you know, great Yum. mix. Yeah, yummy. Yeah. Um, you know, I think for, for this podcast, on the surface, we, Polly and I, may seem like washed up, never have been kind of degenerate hockey players, um, just kind of bullshit about hockey and tell sex, dick, and fart jokes, um, and, you know, threaten having intercourse with your dad. That's but, you. Well, at least me, right? Uh, but oftentimes, you know, our conversations during like hour long trips to and from the rink and, you know, when we hang out, you know, I think we talk a fair amount about history and really anthropology and people and, and whatnot, right? Um, yeah. I mean, we're, uh, I wouldn't say we're Nobel Prize winners, but we're decently intelligent human beings. I speak for yourself. I deserve at least three or four Nobel Prizes for the work that I've done. But, yeah. Um, <clears throat> You know, I like these subjects because I feel that, you know, being human is, like, the most fucked up and unique experiences that, like, an organic life form can endure. Yeah. Um, that's that's hubris. 
It is hubris, but I think it's also true. Yeah, right. Um, so, you know, I mean, I guess, I guess that's that's my view on life, how bright and shiny. Um, <clears throat> you know, and we, we also tend to stay away from politics on this podcast because, I you know, I ran at you enough. Uh, we uh, I rant at, at everyone enough. Uh, politics seems just a step too far. Yeah, and I mean, really, if I'm not correct, or if I'm not, let me know if I'm wrong. Um, the whole point of this segment isn't necessarily the politics itself, but how people are forcing it onto the athletes. Am I right? Yeah, and, and you know, so I, I guess I'm, I'm. I think that it's okay that someone asks the question to Ovechkin. It's also okay if he goes, fuck off. Yeah. You know, the the freedom of speech shit, uh, you know, that's a door that swings both ways. Um, on top of that, you know, so I'm not really here to comment, like, do I think the journalists, uh, quote unquote, mm-hmm. journalists were out of line to ask those questions? No, if everybody's thinking about it, you might as well ask it. Um, do I think that people are reacting off the fucking rails because they they didn't um, maybe hear what they wanted to hear. Yeah, I do think that. Um, you know, so, you know, but that's, and we're kind of, I'm kind of like tiptoeing around this, but you've derailed my, my whole long thing, Polly. I'm sorry, continue. Um, so, but, you know, for this segment, we're going to, we're going to step away and, and kind of talk about this, uh, you know, from the norm. Um, so, you know, hold on to your asses. Uh, but first, just, well, you know, I think that it's important that people, especially Americans, understand how fucking good they have it. Um, you know, I've lived in a couple different countries. I understand, I've, you know, not in my adult life, but, you know, I've seen other cultures and, and things like that. And, you know, I, I never got to Eastern Europe, which sucks. Uh, back when I was there, I mean, it was still very much, I mean, it was not exactly considered safe, you know, to even visit Russia. Um, still isn't, I'm sure. Um, but back then, you know, in the nineties, it was a little bit more heavy. Um, you know, so we're going to go all the way back to 1917 here when Vladimir Lenin becomes the founding head of the Soviet Union and and a one-party socialist state governed by the so- Soviet Communist Party. So he becomes head of this, right? And this is like the birth of the USSR. But this was not a very peaceful and easy transition from what they were saying, for, from what the, the Communist Party was basically saying, like is a... Um, a the... Taking the... the the power and wealth back and giving it to the people or whatever, you know, um, previously it was basically like a king, a yeah. czar, the right? czars. Right. Um, so, you know, when this happened, when Lenin take, takes power, it results in a, in a, a civil war that lasts about five, five years. Um, while large swaths of the population starved, uh, during this time. By 1922, the USSR was actually formed, um, and you know Lenin went through the, the 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 leader you know of the party that governs the entire country um, was very went through great lengths to draw clear lines around 
you know, who was with the state and who was against it, right? Because, you know, part of the ideology was all the work that you do is for the motherland. Like, there is no you, you know, everything that you do is the greater good is the country, um, Mother Russia there. So this type of, you know, kind of dehumanizing the enemy resulted in, in a red the Red Terror, which... They say killed millions of people, over a million violent deaths of Soviet citizens, and that's not just like shooting deaths in battle, but like executions. It's at it, a pretty large scale, kidnapping um, of hostages, people who were dissenting opinions. Um, you know, ironically, a lot of these uh, attacks were on like the proletariat class or the working class of Russians, which is you know Lenin's whole thing was to like lift these people out of poverty, you know, and, and redistribute wealth. Um, so, you know, they're executing great numbers and, you know, if you disagreed or fought back in favor of like a democracy, uh, or literally anything else, uh, you know, you were disappeared. So millions though, like, I mean, I think that people don't understand that millions of people during like Lenin's reign, and this was literally, you know, a decade, less than a decade. The entire population of the state of West Virginia is about a million. Right. So imagine one or a couple times worth of a state just being killed. Yeah. And that's just in like one of the years, like one of the the years in which the Red Terror was like active. Um, So, you know, it wasn't just an eat the rich scenario. It was like a total civil war that killed several million you know, in total. And again, estimates, these are mostly estimates, uh, because it's really hard to see how many directly died because of this, because, you know, again, he was starving his own people and and, and everything else. Um, anyways, moving on 1924, Lenin dies and Stalin takes over. And this is a time in Russia where, um, you know, Stalin becomes the leader of Russia. So it's no longer the communist party. It's like the figurehead of Joseph Stalin. Uh, uh, he ruled until 1953. Uh, his accomplishments, <laughs> in quotes, include gulags that killed over a million people, um, the Im- elimination of uh, kulaks, which was like a more wealthy land-owning peasant class in Russia at the time, kind of like the middle class, you know? Um, <laughs> basically, the, the straight-up just like, hey, we want this land, um, so, you know, either give it to us or be disappeared. And obviously many, many people chose to be disappeared. Um, a great purge of Stalin's political enemies. He reportedly uh, disappeared or executed a third of the entire political party during his reign. <laughs> so, like, you know, you're saying, think about, um, you know, the, uh, an entire state's worth of population dying, but think about like if somebody was just like, yeah, um, California and Texas just aren't going to be re- represented in Congress anymore. Yeah, that's a big difference. You know what I mean? Or like, yeah, we're just not going to have um, the judicial system. It's just gone. I've killed everyone in it. Right. Um, and then the intentional starvation of, of rural citizens that caused famine and millions and millions more deaths, right? Um, so like, if you look at it, 
this was Russia's like World War II hero, right? Because all of this is happening around the time World War II happens, so like solidifying the nation and you know fighting a, a world war. Um, I guess a lot of shit just kind of gets pushed under the rug here when you're fighting a war. Um, and but I mean, you know, there was also decades in which you know pre and post war that this stuff was going down. Um, he was he did net them the win in the largest conflict in the history of the world. But if you know anything about World War Two, Russia lost, you know, a lot the most by a huge chunk of you know they they, they lost the most. I mean, their population still really hasn't recovered I mean, to this day from the amount of people that died during the World War Two effort, um, in in Russia. And the USSR, really. So not just Russia, but the the entire USSR. So, you know, Americans, we had FDR and then eventually like Truman. Um, you know, I think FDR was probably a better president than Truman. But, I mean, we voted this guy in for like another term. <laughs> like, we were like, no, we need you, FDR, right? Didn't, didn't Americans give him three in yeah. a row? Yeah. Three or four. Um and so, you know, we wanted this, this great leader or whatever in FDR. And then they had Stalin, who had, like, is the predecessor or is the successor of somebody who basically wrested control away from an entire country. You know, during this transition, like when Lenin and Stalin did this, this was not a, um, it wasn't like the majority of the people wanted communism. They literally flipped it and changed and, and were like forced this upon um, upon the entire country. So people were like, hey, you know, maybe since the czars are gone, maybe we should like, you know, vote and shit. <laughs> and then Lenin was like, nah, yeah, let's not, not do that. that. Yeah. Is <laughs> um, like, you know, you're so, okay. Um, after Stalin died, Nikita Khrushchev took over, who was like one of his cronies. And he, you know, presided over things like the Cuban Missile Crisis and the Cold War. Uh, but he did denounce some of Stalin's crimes. So, like, that's, like, as close as it got to, like, hey, you know, this is kind of fucked up. Uh, Khrushchev kind of walks back some of this stuff. Um, then, after that, they had a uh, kind of a president called Leonid Brezhnev, who uh, is most like the politician that someone would think would be a leader. He stabilized the party, got everyone involved, um, was improving international affairs. It's noteworthy that he's the guy, second only to Stalin, and longest tenured USSR leader. But, you know, he used the KGB extensively um, to stifle opponents and religious leaders. And, you know, when we say stifle opponents and religious leaders, we mean, like, they're just getting drug out of their house and disappeared into a gulag somewhere. And, like, while I think that that is somewhat humorous and a lot of jokes that have been made and, and things like that, you know, um, uh, like it's very real. Um, I think that people make a lot really light of it in, in this country for sure. Don't you think, Paul? Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> because it's not something that we have actually been subject to or have people that in past have, Right. You know, I mean, there there have been pretty plenty of really terrible things in this country, but one thing we really haven't had to worry about is a president who just takes people out, right? And 
and destroys so, millions and millions of your population. Yeah, so I think we can, you know, as a people, we do these jokes and such because we're so disconnected from that reality. Yeah, because it seems like it, like this has got to be a joke, like this is yeah. real, right? Um, and so under Brezhnev's leadership, uh, the KGB chairman. Um, Andropov, who's on this list next, rose in power and was given, you know, more free reign, like back in the good old days with Stalin, um, while, you know, the, there wasn't all out violence, people were, again, being disappeared, uh, who opposed the government from within and outside the ruling party. So like, this wasn't just, you know, this wasn't just like us, you know, the government versus the people. It was like the government versus the government and the people, you know, the, 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 the leader of power where all the power was concentrated was basically able to kill his opponents um, and anyone else that he wanted. Um, Andropov then succeeded Brezhnev and, and tried to eliminate some of the corruption in the government and, you know, he had all the black book as to all the shady stuff that was going on anyway, but eventually he dies in office. Uh, the next guy, guy dies pretty quick and then we have Gorbachev who ended the USSR, created another power vacuum after the USSR collapsed um, and it left the door wide open for basically the equivalent of gangsters to take over what is now Russia. Um, and a lot of them were KGB. Um, you know, Russia has been described as a Cosa Nostra nation, which is basically like a mafia term for, uh, it's a crime syndicate, um, and run that way. So, you know, it, it's a, it's a, it's, it's a, really large organized crime syndicate that, that Boris Yeltsin started by dissolving parliament and expanding presidential powers. And then, you know, then we have Putin, uh, Medvedev. I mean, these, these kind of guys that go in and out of power and basically what had happened is kind of a sleight of hand where Putin was president and then he passed it on to, uh, I believe Medvedev. And then Medvedev was like, Oh no, Putin, we want you now back to be president. And then Medvedev became like head of some, like secretary of something in in the in the organization. Yeah, because I think Putin was president and then became prime minister. Yeah, and then went back to president. Yeah, because I think right. the prime minister is more international affairs. Yeah, and president is home stuff. Exactly right. Um, so just I just wanted that out there, and I know that's not like a super in depth kind of. Uh, or really even a fair look at Russian history, but like this is how, like Ovechkin, his mom, his grandma, like his great grandma, like all of these people. I mean, this is how it's been for uh, over a hundred years in this country. Um, as far as the type of, I guess, prices that you could pay if you stepped out of line when it comes to anything involving the government. Yeah, and you would you would think that this would uh you know maybe correlate to you know those who didn't speak out who were in positions that people were familiar with are the ones who survived and right. those are the kids that are around today and today's adults. And right. Yeah, you didn't your family didn't your bloodline was unable to continue if you were dead for speaking out against the government right um so you know under gorbachev the first 
Soviet players came over from the USSR, um, and then after it dissolved, after the USSR dissolved, you know, the floodgates kind of opened. But you look at some of the first. I mean, Fedosov was one of the first drafted by the um, NHL, and it took him like a decade to get over over to the United States. And you know, he was a Red Army guy that you know killed us in international play, right? So it took him that long, a national hero basically to do this um you know it also took um like if you haven't seen the russian five uh documentary it's really good but fedorov had to be snuck out in the trunk of a car sergey fedorov ex-cap you know as recent as that um that had that happened um you know and this all kind of leads us now to like recent events regarding ukraine you know looking at a native athlete of a country with the aforementioned history of crushing oppression where citizens disappear with no recourse. Um, you know, I think it's pretty crazy that we like ask, well, that, that we aren't happy with any, anything that he wants to talk about. You know, I think it's a privilege that he even spoke out at all about it. And yeah, would I have loved for him to be like, yeah, fuck Russia. And this is some fucking bullshit. They're, obviously in the wrong here it's terrible um would I have loved to hear that yes I would have loved to hear that would it have affected my views on the situation not a fucking bit um I think that you need to you need to formulate your own opinions and honestly you got that requires a lot of studying and reading and a sound uh, three minute interview from a professional athlete probably shouldn't influence that too much um I understand that like pro athletes have these have have this platform though you know and it is it was awesome to hear about Panarin when he spoke out against the um, Russian government it's a very brave thing to do but when that thing dropped he had to get his family out of the fucking country like he had to get things in order very quickly and you know I guarantee there were threats on his life that were serious yeah that we're not like oh, I'm gonna kill you, dude. No, it's like, I mean, pictures of your family and shit. Like, yeah, things like, like your that. little cousin sleeps on the second floor, on the the right side of the building. Right. And I listened to every fart in his sleep last night, and that will be his last. Right. Like probably right. shit like that. Very specific things, I'm sure. Um, you know. So, you know, so I, I honestly, I've enjoyed Ovi's support of Putin over the past years, but, uh, but you have to ask yourself, like, did he have a choice? Did Ovechkin have a choice to, you know, Vladimir Putin shows up at your door and says, hey, we need you to do this, like, promo video. You're a proud Russian, aren't you? And Ovi's like, yeah. Uh, and he, he, he doesn't say, like, you know, I don't know if he, at, like, even has the opportunity to say no. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Asking is a formality. <laughs> right. And, you know, if you were given the choice to leave your homeland in disgrace and under threat of danger of your family or take this pick with this president, what the fuck would you choose? Yeah. And, you know, uh, Evgeny Malkin does have this – has a picture in the same setting. Yeah. It's just not his profile pick. Mm-hmm. I mean, <clears throat> like, for me, it would be, like, a no-brainer. Yeah, get the ring light out. Let's do some some TikTok dances too, if you want. <laughs> I mean, you know, I 
I, I don't care what Ovechkin thinks about this situation. He has no control over it. And honestly, it, I'm sure it was well scripted. You know, I mean, I don't... And, and I, I think it's really unfair for people to be judging him and on it because, like, yeah, okay, I get he's an athlete and, and you know, he was he's been linked to Putin. Um, but... <laughs> I mean, we don't know what kind of actual control he has over his own life. He's the most popular Russian athlete in in the entire country. Yeah. You know? Coming from a country like that, it's definitely... an ex- Well, first of all, we can't even relate. Right. Because everyone here, listening, watching, putting out these ridiculous tweets... First of all, you're not a star athlete. <laughs> right. You know? I mean, okay. A couple athletes have said things. But for the most part, none of us know what it's even like to be a star athlete. Secondly, we don't know what it's like coming from there. Right. Um, And, I mean, it was a lose-lose situation because people aren't going to want to hear what he has to say. You know, they're not going to agree. They're going to validate your feelings. Ovi's not going to be able to do that for you, and that pisses people off. Yeah, they just want someone famous. Right. To say they feel the same way they do, right. so that they can, you know, be like, "See, I'm right." Right. Yeah. So they can last the extra three seconds in bed. You know. Yeah. I don't know what the fuck that is. Uh, so I, I, like I said, why do you care what Obi thinks? I don't really care. Um, again, not just because he's an athlete, but because again, we don't know like if this has all been scripted. You know, was he forced into pictures? Maybe he wasn't. Maybe he just does like Putin. If I was Ovechkin, I'd probably like Putin a lot, too. I'm sure he gave him really nice wedding gifts and um, is very nice to them, to the Ovechkin family. (laughs) Honestly, right? I mean, think about it. Uh, I mean, I'm sure that... I don't know. I'm sure that being um, linked to the most powerful person in the country uh, has its benefits. Let's just say that. Well, if you watch the the last King of Scotland, you can see how good life can be when someone like that has you in their favor. Except, right. I mean, once you see behind the curtain, it's a different story. But sure. you know, you're, you know, you got that guy is buddying up to you. Probably isn't terrible for right. your lifestyle. Yeah. Um, and then additionally, like, you know, I love Ovechkin, but I just, he's never given me any indication that he has, like, super deep thoughts on, like, the geopolitical environment of the world. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> I love him. I love, but, like, you know, I'd probably rather talk hockey and drink beer with Ovechkin than talk about politics and the Russian involvement in conflicts. Um, and, you know, like I said, if if do you really want to hear his truth? It seemed like a lot of the people that I was seeing on Twitter didn't want to hear really what he had to say. They were just wanting to be either validated or, you know, able, wanted to pitchfork somebody. Yeah. Um, you know, the, then, then all of this in closing, uh, the, the thing that <clears throat> I think pissed a lot of people off was a certain website who literally built an entire brand around Ovechkin uh, came out and 
looked like he steamrolled uh, through selective editing of tweets and headlines and titles. Um, A very pro-Russian statement from Ovechkin when if you were to read like listen to the whole interview um he was not uh he was very neutral in his statement yeah i mean at the very least it was uh, a hardcore misquote right um or at least it wasn't a misquote it was just like so they and they knew what they were doing well okay it was out of context exactly completely out of context um and you know we were just talking about how much I like the the only real writer that I like on that website is Peter Hassett anymore. Um, he and the website have both blocked me on Twitter hmm. uh, for good reason, I'm sure, and because they're both soft pussies. But you know, I I, I like his stuff because he's an unapologetic dickbag, right? And I I, I can relate to that. Um, but. He's got and, and he's also got this like totally unearned, undeserved, and un, unwarranted air of superiority that just it just really gets me off. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be honest. And yeah, it's like a all... mirror looking in a mirror for you. <laughs> um, but you know, this was too far. You know, um, it just seemed like a very clickbait sellout uh, in the worst time and situation. Um, you know, really been reaching for those clicks past couple of years now, and I feel it's a bit sad. I get it though; I'd sell out so fast. I'd give, I give, I'm, I will sell Polly's address for ten dollars. <laughs> Just DM me, Great. DM me. Awesome. Um, you know, so last thing I will say though too is like, sports journalism is a fucking joke. Okay, it's it's I. I I love sports journalists and I think that that's it's an awesome profession but like it's a joke of a job you get to fucking hang out with athletes and yeah you work hard and you're a good writer and all that shit but like come on it's a joke the journalistic responsibility from these cuckolds is, is a joke that's probably what I mean that's let's get a, get a little bit more into this um, you know Wyshynski was on the train too like you know as far as we need to hold Ovet, you know people need to sit with this and know that Ovechkin was supporting Putin and all this other shit. Um, and hey, look, sports journalists, you guys probably had real aspirations of doing actual journalistic, like important journalistic work. You know, maybe you wanted to be like a war journalist or something and be in the shit and all these things um, and, and do other intellectual stuff. Um, but, you know, you instead went the route of writing about things that's consumed 99% by mouth breathers. You know, fucking sports fans. Uh, you know. You And look, sports journalists, you're making a good nut, man. Don't ruin it for the rest of us. <laughs> Don't ruin it. You keep it going. But, um... I, 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 you know, and then the last thing to say is, like, I don't feel like it's... This is a... I'm not trying to go after anybody who's, like... I'm not saying that these people should stay in their lane. Um even though it may sound is it sounding that way Polly I mean I don't think so but someone who disagrees with you might say yeah. that yeah fair enough and but you know I, I think the bottom line is like you're free to say and do and ask whatever you want as long as you're not harming anyone um, but everyone else is entitled to that those rights as well and um, 
you know, some of the stuff could result in harm. And uh, I think that with the complex situation that we're presented in this exact case, um, many things can be right and wrong at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is a lot different than if you were to ask Tom Brady about his Donald Trump situation. Because those are Americans. And you don't just disappear, Tom Brady. Right. But as you pointed out, in this history that I'm sure is still very prevalent, you know, still has uh, an effect today. Yeah. Putting Ovechkin in that position. See, that's what bothers me. Yeah. Putting Ovechkin in this position, that is what's irresponsible. Fine. You're a journalist. Ask the questions. You know, last week you were, you know, writing about, you know, what flavor Gatorade Ovechkin drinks. And now you want to talk about the war. But um, what's irresponsible is putting the athletes that have this background in an unfair, dangerous position. Yeah. And... Yeah, and I think that's what other people are upset about, too. Um, Yeah. So. Well, I just have one more thing. Yeah. Um, I think it's important for us to realize that as Americans and even Canadians, what Mm -hmm. are inalienable inalienable rights to us are actually privileges to people from other cultures. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, Yeah, I mean... Uh, and then, yeah, you know, I don't want to harp on like Americans are, are spoiled and privileged, but we fucking are. Uh, you know, I heard, I heard a weird stat and it was like, if you have like more than like three outfits, you're in the top like 10% of wealth in the world. Well, it's something that, crazy like that. That is most people in this country. Yeah. Probably even a lot of homeless people. Right. So. Or at least some. Maybe not a lot, but some. Right, right, right. But, yeah. So, um, yeah. Or um, maybe it was like if you have a closet or like if you just have a closet, like if you have not any of the clothes or something in it, but if you have a closet, like you are 10%. Yeah. I don't know. I'll I'll, I'll have to look it up. But, yes, um, Americans, we are. We're spoiled and we we like it that way but <laughs> I, I think that this little history lesson maybe you learned something maybe you didn't maybe um, I just sound like a fucking asshole I know I sound like a fucking asshole <laughs> but uh, yeah I think that, uh, that's that's what we'll say about it and you know we'll see how the situation develops but um, that's it for me alright yeah I think you covered it pretty well yeah and, uh... but speaking of selling out um, hoops fans, the latest offer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, is too good to pass up. I'm talking between the legs, 360 windmill good. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still take your shot at a big payday. Everyone can p- play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Basketball Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their First deposit. 
Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet just $1 on any NBA team and $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. 21 or older, minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Void where prohibited, minimum $5 deposit, gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in Tennessee, call or text the TN red line 1-800-889-9789 in Connecticut, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467369. I am starving after that ad read. It's coming out, baby. Mmm, it's snack time with Polly Cupcakes. All right. Well, you know, coming off of the Olympics that just ended a couple weeks ago, we're going to talk about the Paralympics a little bit. Um, you know, this is uh, a set of competitions for athletes with uh, physical limitations. And one of those sports is sled hockey. Uh, some other countries, I believe, the official name might actually be sledge hockey, but I think in North America, it's called sled hockey. Okay. Um, and, you know, we've talked about this before. You, you know, you basically, you sit on what's called the sled, and then you have one blade underneath, and, you know, you watch these games. It is amazing um, yeah. what what these athletes can do. And you hold two sticks. Yeah, two sticks. And, and you, you have, know, like, you're... picks on the end of them. Yeah. That that's... they have to push um, themselves around on. Yeah, that's and where your mobility. Puck. Yeah, I mean, you, your, your sticks are your source for mobility and pup clay. Yeah. Um, and so the Paralympics will be starting March 4th in Beijing. You know, the Paralympics always are in the same city as the Olympics. And sled hockey is going to start March 5th. And Team USA is in Group A. And two teams from Group A will advance, or the top two will advance automatically. Uh, and so they're in the group with Canada. South Korea and the Russian Paralympic Committee, and that is the order in which they play. March 5th, Canada. March 6th, South Korea. March 8th, against the Russians. And then the quarterfinals will start on the 9th. Uh, And just real quick on Group B, it's Czechia, Italy, China, Hmm. and Slovakia. Um, You know, this is a little bit like the women's game where it's very U.S. Canada heavy in success uh, Team USA has they won the bronze in 06 but they have golds in 02 10, 14 and 18 they actually beat Canada in Pyeongchang 2-1 to one in the gold medal game uh, it's been in the uh, Paralympics since 1994 Mm-hmm. And, you know, as I said, the last 20 years has been very U.S. dominant. 
And so with the Paralympics, they play them right after the the regular Olympics. Is that right? Well, yeah, usually I think a week or two in between. And um, they're they're in the same exact location as well. I believe so. Yeah, that's and, pretty cool. You know, I feel like it makes it way more legit. Yeah, I mean, and plus, you know, they're getting more use out of what some countries have of, uh, you know, they build these arenas and then they start to rot. Right, right. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, a lot of the, I guess what people would call first world nations have been a little smarter with their stuff. Uh, you know, Brazil, they they built stadiums for the Olympics and then the World Cup of soccer. And I don't think they had a use for those after those two events and right. spent billions building them. And so that's one issue that comes with the Olympics. But yeah, you know, you have this second set of games a couple weeks later that gets use out of all the facilities. Um, unfortunately for us here in North America, the first two games start at 12.05 a.m., and then they will have an 8.35 p.m. game, and that's the Russian game. Nice. And then when you get to the quarterfinals, it'll be hit or miss. <laughs> the, right. uh, you know, the, the quarterfinals, playoffs, anywhere from – could be 3 in the morning, 5 in the morning, 7 in the morning, or 11 o'clock at night. So, Where are they going to be televised at? Um, I did see that – some of it was going to be on USA Network, and I believe – I mean, I think NBC is covering. So it should be okay. on – it'll either be NBC, USA Network, or Peacock. Sweet. And, uh, you know, just another way to scratch that hockey itch. Check Absolutely. out and Team USA, hopefully, winning their fourth golden row. Yeah, and, I mean, at this point – when it comes to hockey, they're our only hope for a gold medal. <laughs> yeah. At least this year. <laughs> yeah, they are. You know, and these athletes, uh, some of these folks were born with disabilities. Some are veterans who were injured in battle. Um, you know, it's just uh, an interesting mix of people with a, a lot of different backgrounds. And a lot of them play uh, in the, the sled hockey leagues. The NHL teams have an accompanying, accompanying sled hockey team. You know, so if you look at the roster, some of them play for uh, the the NHL spinoff teams. Oh, no way. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. So, uh, you know, once the Paralympics are over, you know, look into the, the sled hockey teams. I don't know if they have a league or if it's just traveling around tournaments, but there's a, a whole new set of hockey to get into. Cool. Good stuff, man. Thanks. <laughs> All right, so check them out. Check them out uh, this next uh, week. Obviously, since there's less teams, it's going to be a shorter tournament, but uh, still um, still should be a good one. And, I mean, you know, this is a youngish sport, so uh, – you know, uh, while obviously we want to stay on top here and being the U.S., I mean, it's probably not completely out of the question that a dark horse contender comes in, right? Yeah. 
So pretty cool. Um, all right, man. Was well, is that it? Yeah, just brief preview. Just kind of giving everybody the uh, quick background and schedule. Yeah, and then um, we'll be able to tell you if, if uh, the results too. So yeah, we'll definitely talk about it. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, in that case, um, if you like this episode and you like our podcast, if you would please go to wherever you can review it and give us five stars only. Five stars only. That would be amazing. Um, until next week, Hack Show, Pod Cupcakes, signing off. Bye. Hey, Caps fans. Thanks for tuning in to the official Caps Church podcast, repping the greatest team in the NHL. Follow me, the Hockey Troll, at Hockey Trolling on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And follow me, Polly Cupcakes, at Cupcake Polly on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And follow the show's handle, at Caps Chirp, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Special thanks to the Hockey Podcast Network, at Hockey Podnet on social, and thehockeypodcastnetwork.com. The Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. Check them out, or we're not friends anymore.